take a walk through your watershed, baby. A meadow filled with the bare feet of a thousand souls. What was in touch with the river was now detached from your head. A certain feeling of insecurity within the experience. Your connections are messages that aren't always for you, perhaps, yet you are here to channel the great energy to heal. So you must awaken your creativity and absorb. You must observe and let pass. You must count blessings and move forward. The hero's journey. Because not to do so will stop the flow. Not to do so will cut off your feet. Not to do so will separate your body from your soul. And although your soul does not need your body eternally, your body is the vehicle to higher influence and understanding. The temple which allows transformations of God on earth is your body. It's the work of a million years progression so that you, you, so sexy in that glittering dress, so sexy in that sharp tuxedo, so sexy in those undies that you're sitting at home in, tie-dye, I hope, can become an energy to benefit the future of all souls assigned to a physical mission. So releasing the body at this stage will defy what the spirit has been working towards all along, which is a universal awakening to shift the concept of life back to its purest state. To rise and fall in alignment with the creative universe. To reestablish love as the ultimate connector. To reestablish the center of yourself as the ultimate source of love. I am Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack What you're thinking? Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Ladies and gents, boys, girls, all shapes Colors, sizes, genders, and everything in between. I'm really excited that you're here listening to the Never Stop Peaking show. Uh, and really, always just an honor to connect with you individually. One really, again, I'm just going to go back to the last episode because this is part two. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please go and listen to how to get high without using drugs part one, which would be the episode that came out before this one, before I get into my my rants, because it's a good place to start, then come back here and we can continue the conversation. But one good thing I learned throughout the process of interviewing entrepreneurs all over the world and 
in finding and discover rediscovering my creative self, I should say, and being able to build businesses and become location independent and, and start living and thriving within this role that I was put on this planet to become is that a hard deadline is remarkably effective and inspirational. And when I'm not using deadlines, I often flow and flow and all of that is is amazing. But when I look at action and progress, all of the things that have allowed me to be able to flow and flow come off the back of some sort of deadline and goal that I set and metrically tracked. Now, we can all learn to make do with what we have in our pretty little hands with the time that we quote unquote have left. And in this amount of time and with these pretty little hands, we can we can really blast out brilliance in certain ways, even though that brilliance might end up a mile away from our target of what we wanted it to be or what we would have done if we had infinite time and resources per se. But I think this is one of the biggest problems that a lot of us creatives deal with. We're very capable. We're very smart. All of us, every person on this planet is, is capable. Well, well, has the ability to be capable and smart if they peel back certain layers. But you and I and, and the people that really dial into what's good and what, what needs to come through. And if you're feeling pain and you're feeling suffering, it's because you know that there's something better and that you're not in alignment with whatever's happening now. That means you're creative. That means you're smart. That means you're capable. That means you're intuitive. You're feeling that so that you can make changes and become one with that role and that mission. But this is one of the biggest problems with with people that are creative and on this hero's journey when it comes to uh, getting some business rolling on our own um, without the dependence on some sort of system like a job or or society telling us what we should be doing as our role. Like we all have this, we're born with this wide open time frame, and we spend forever sort of preparing and learning and, and getting ready because, you know, we think we have more time. We think that that, that that big ass sledgehammer isn't actually going to smash down on all of the things that we know in our life. We think that we have just a little bit more time so we can put on the fucking boob tube or we can sit around and finger our ass a little longer. A while ago, and I can't remember exactly who said this or where I saw it, but I remembered it. And it was, the sun will never set if you give yourself forever to do what you need to do. And basically what that means is if if your work doesn't impose deadlines upon you, then you've got to do the opposite and impose deadlines upon yourself with your work. And that may seem simple or or stupid, but really from a brain perspective, it really can't tell the difference. So do the simple things that you need to do to get things done and stick to it. Mark your calendar. I hate alarms, so I strive to get as much done as I can by setting the two most important things I can do every day and doing them first to move towards my visions and my goals and my dreams. But if you need to set alarms that count down the days until your deadline is due, then do it. Because that's a version of tracking how long you have to get this amount of work done. And usually the shorter time period that is, the faster you're going to get it done. Don't give yourself so much time. The best thing you could do is publicly announce your deadlines to some people 
you know, maybe if you're working with some people or some aliens or some fairies, give yourself some accountability in some way. It's simple. It may not be the most perfect piece of work that comes out of that first draft, but it's always going to be better than diddling around and not creating anything at all. And that foundation is going to domino into something that's much more beautiful down the road. You don't have forever. You have a day. Well, let's start with the minute. You have a minute, right? You have a, you have a day. You have a couple days. You have a week. You have a month. Maybe you have a year. And if the sun is setting every day, pick that sunset. <laughs> Use it to to draw in the light to bring confidence. You know, absorb that sun's light as you're creating throughout the day. And then when it starts to set, push that creativity out into the world. Push it out onto your paper. You know, get it done. Make that goal every day when that sun goes down to have already absorbed the light and the energy from it and channeled that into some sort of creation of yours. And then you can go back to the principle of imposing deadlines yourself. It would be like commanding the sun to set on you with your creations. You are in control of when. And then the sunset is about that release of the idea that you weren't getting anything done because you did just get everything done. That makes sense. You're not going to get five lives. You're not going to get 20 shots. The more you subject yourself to the form of creative discipline, the better you're going to get at showing up and being part of that performance. When the sun comes up in the morning, wiggle that sexy little butt. Set the two things that you want to accomplish for the day that are in alignment with your goals and your visions and your dreams. And make sure that they're done before the sun sets so that you can celebrate when the sun's going down. Productivity will skyrocket. Your results will will go bonanzas. Not just multiply, but triple, quadruple. Things get much easier when you feel productive and things are getting done. As you're creating, your creations are going out in the world. They're influencing other people. Everybody else starts creating. They remember your creations. Networks start to bust open. Opportunities start to bust open. Money starts to roll in. Abundance starts to become your wings. This is when things become habit. So try it. Okay, enough of the uh, the little rant on the deadlines. I am going to get into the second half of this pod, the second part of this three-part series on how to get high without using drugs. And it's good stuff. So go back and listen to episode one if you haven't already done that, of course. And if you have, you can check out the blog post with all these different examples. This is something that is pulled from the new book that I've been working on. And I'm really excited to launch it and get it out to the world. Of course, these podcasts are brought to you by the Sweet Ass Affirmations deck, which is available at RageCreate.com. It's also available on Amazon. And other than that, 
Here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Love those jams. All right, so in part one, when talking about ways to get high and alter your consciousness without using drugs, we talked about meditation. We talked about sound baths with singing bowls or crystal pyramids or maracas or whatever else, gongs. We talked about breath work. Obviously, a very intense way to alter your consciousness without using drugs. Given that I have found myself on platforms in the jungle in Nicaragua with people throwing up around me, with people screaming like they were in the fight of their life, with people that were crying hysterically, all because of the flow of breath coming through our bodies. We talked about singular concentration, which can get real trippy. We talked about sensory deprivation tanks, the rush of skydiving, and we hit sex a little bit. So today we're going to start with number eight, which is alternative masturbation methods. And you knew this section was coming. Not that type of come. Perv. I mean, coming at you. And no matter how you are normally uh, architecting ways to push your own buttons or slap your little slapstick, (laughs) there is always room for exploration into higher experiences within masturbation. Just like sex, masturbation allows you to experience divine energy highs through the process of building Uh, controlling and releasing the sexual energy through retention or orgasm. So you can try something like prolonged masturbation, which involves a continuation of the process after you've already orgasmed. And that can be really, uh, it can be really hard. I, I imagine more so for guys because there is no, it takes time for that to build back up to start feeling good again. So it's kind of like a, a mental game, 
how do you prolong this experience to, to build that energy back up enough to be able to continue the process? Um, it can be painful and unpleasant at first, but it can certainly take you on a weird ride if you dedicate to the cause. Or perhaps you could explore something called edging, which is the con- really the consistent buildup of energy towards an orgasm without releasing it. So you get yourself to that point. And of course, this can be practiced with the sexual partner as well and processes of tantric uh, lovemaking and and other outlets. But essentially, you're raising that energy up like you're feeling like you're about to hit an orgasm. But then you kind of stop without releasing it. And usually you use your breath to recirculate that energy surge throughout the rest of your body instead of outward through an orgasm. So you're controlling yourself so that you stop right before your orgasm is about to happen. And the thought of not releasing may sound miserable after getting so close to that euphoric feeling, but what it actually does is it transmutes and recirculates into a different type of orgasm, which is kind of like a full body orgasm. And it can have very many benefits and effects towards health and and energy and things like that. It can also turn into something that's really, really frustrating and stressful. So you kind of have to ride the wave and see what happens. So you could start by trying to do something called edging for a week and see if you know, if you notice a shift in your energy and your highs. And also if you're even able to retain and not just go for the explosion because you're getting so close for so many days and to just stop and not hit it can be a really frustrating thing. But it's, it's kind of like when you want to overeat something, right? You get really hungry and you want to eat a giant meal and you want to keep eating because it's so good. But if you actually cut yourself off in the beginning and you wait 30 or 40 minutes, you're not going to feel like shit because you ate so much food. You're actually going to have a lot of energy because you stopped yourself early and you're not going to be hungry anymore. With this, eventually you'll stop thinking about it but you'll notice that you feel really good. You don't have a lot of inflammation. Your, your energy level is skyrocket high. And then you could channel that energy into things like creativity. So try it out. Edging. And maybe another outlet could be doing something really intimate, like masturbating to yourself in the mirror. And I know that sounds weird. But there is something really dark in the way that you and I avoid self-love. That all humans avoid self-love in some ways. We constantly find things on our body that we aren't happy with. And we store those thoughts in our minds, allowing them to leak out in the form of insecurity or confidence or jealousy. But seriously, take a look at yourself in the mirror and notice every beautiful wrinkle, every beautiful curve, every gorgeous freckle, that sexy-ass hair. Notice all of this while masturbating because you are sexy as fuck and you're worthy of that orgasm. And no matter how hard or weird it is at first, it's a healing practice that I believe will help you. And it doesn't matter what I believe, but I'm bringing this information in from from generations and thousands of years of, of carried wisdom, right? We need self-love. And you are sexy as fuck and you're worthy of that orgasm. So get in there and try. You might find yourself in tears 
or resistance at first. It might seem really weird, but keep trying. Because when you love and accept yourself, the whole world loves and accepts you too. Your external world is a mirror for your internal world. If you want to get real, real cray during sex or masturbation, start combining these methods and maybe even throwing in a little breath work at the same time because shit can go bananas. And that's how you can really overcome some of the stagnant energy that comes between couples that have been together for a long time. If you're both willing to listen and to play and you're not in there just for your ego to get to your orgasm as fast as possible and you know, at the expense of your partner and what they truly want and feel, if you really work together and you talk about it and you flow and you bring that energy back and forth in between your bodies and you're sharing your breath, it can be incredible. There's a force of a, a sort of breath of the one type of um, foreplay that you can you can do where if you do have a partner, you know, you can sit on the ground and the partner can sit in your lap or vice versa and you just start noticing each other. You start by looking each other in the eyes and and you really get into this position where you're you put your mouths together and you're you're using one breath. So as you exhale, they're inhaling it. And as they exhale, you're inhaling it. And you start swaying and you start building the sexual energy until it leads to the next step and so on. These little things can really prolong relationships to become the most beautiful divine connections of energy possible. So try it out. It all starts with learning how to love yourself, though. So get out there and whack that wheelie or slap that slapstick or touch that little beautiful yoni in the mirror because that's what it's supposed to be. Animalizing. Animalizing. So have you ever had a rush of energy that made you want to assume the role of a wild animal and start acting like one? This might be a spirit animal coming through you and wanting to portray itself in a physical way. One time when I was in college, one of my professors legit choked me out in a Vegas hotel room because I made some comment that he didn't like. He then proceeded to beat his fucking chest like a maniac, like a wild ape in the jungles, and bounce around the room. He was flipping fucking mattresses. He was hooting like that ape as well. And he was dead serious. And it was actually super fucking creepy. And completely inappropriate. And I'm pretty sure he's probably a serial killer. But sometimes acting like a wild animal can be a great way to release energy and alter your state of mind. Not like the example that I just gave. My friend Money Shot, he loves to turn into a wolf and howl at the fucking moon. You know, I'm a fan of running like a fucking antelope out of control. If you ever get the urge to hop through the fields like a kangaroo, you should do it. It can feel immaculate. It can release so much energy in such a wild way. You don't have to go drink a bunch of alcohol and black out. You don't have to go to a, a, a poker table and fucking lose all your money betting. And you don't have to choke out some random student in a hotel room to unleash your wild. You can do this just by channeling that spirit animal that's trying to come through you. You know what I hear? The uh, I hear the primates in prison love fresh meat. So if you want to choke out some students, you might just end up there. Moving on, getting nude in public. There's a lot of there's a lot of sexual stuff here, but you know the sexual energy 
if you look at it from a, a bird's eye view, there's a reason that it's been suppressed by organizations and religions that like to establish control over people and like people to behave and to conform because sexual energy is revolutionary. Now, I'm not saying that getting nude in public should relate to you having sex in public because you will end up in jail and I'm not condoning any of that unless you want to. I'm not condoning it, but you you know, if you want to. <laughs> so getting nude in public, like it can be really uncomfortable about a year or so ago I went on a, a a weekend getaway with a girl that I was dating to an amazing place in Orca Island in Washington we were staying in a yurt and there was an outdoor spa overlooking the bay and we went over there to do some soaking one night and I was a little bit shocked to see 30 or poor people 30 or 40 people hanging out completely naked most not really in the tubs which was the weird part about it just kind of standing there naked. And it was mainly just dudes with dongs. And we got a total grand, you know, standing stare when we walked in. She's a beautiful girl. And there's nothing weird about being naked in groups. If you remove the shame that has been taught to us since birth and also the pervs. But I immediately kind of started having a bit of a weird type of panic attackish thing. And it sent me into this really wacky mind state because I was battling my comfort zone and just the, the kind of protection aspect of, of her being in the position that she was in with all these dudes. Um, and that was a weird vibe that definitely altered my consciousness. And it didn't really help that there was a dude covered in full body tattoos sitting on the tub next to us trying to talk to us with his dong directly in our faces. <laughs> but by the time we left, even though I was uh, maybe only there for like 20 or 30 minutes, something drastically shifted in my energy. And, and there was just a different energy overall about people being there. I felt like I accomplished something and overcame it. And I felt insanely high. Nudity isn't really that strange. It's actually primal. It's how we arrived into this world. We have just built so many standards up in our minds as to how something should look or how we should react around it. And as long as you're not near a bunch of creepers, I think trying out public nudity is really an intense way to alter your state of consciousness. There are dedicated beaches for this, hot springs, spas. There's even events like the World Naked Bike Ride, which I did in Portland, that can help make the process feel more natural because everybody is in, is joining in in it. There were like 10,000 people doing that World Naked Bike Ride. It's a great way to transition into the, the idea of loving yourself for who you are and being able to stand around and remove all of the shame and the layers that have been stacked onto us from society. It's a great way to get over personal insecurities. And any jealousy within a relationship that you might be having, You know, it's probably not a good idea to go streaking through your residential neighborhood. Definitely don't want to be getting put in jail for exposing yourself to children that may be running around in these neighborhoods. Not a good idea. This dude I lived with in fucking college put his tube socks on one day in a Joe Dirt wig and he ran in front of a school bus butt ass naked. And I was like, well, that's about 30 counts of exposing yourself to children if you get caught. Absolutely ridiculous. Don't do that kind of shit. 
horrifying. But seeking out a safe zone for public nudity can be a remarkable feeling. So go to those public beaches and try it out. Join the World Naked Bike Ride and just feel what kind of high it can bring to your life. Cold water therapy, a.k.a. Ice Church, as this baller that I know named Justin Weiss calls it in Boulder. This is one of my favorite things in the whole world. Not only from a alternating your consciousness perspective, but from a health perspective. Now, cold showers or polar bear plunges or ice baths or cryotherapy are just a few common methods to using the coldness to alter the mind and the body. And just like with the breathwork section that we talked about before, Wim Hof has been really a, a remarkable guru in bringing these types of therapies to the mainstream world. So some benefits reported by Wim and, and other studies that are out there, which I've experienced myself for the most part, almost all of these I've tried and, and I get really giddy about, are reduced stress levels and increased altered state of consciousness or alterness and stronger willpower and reduced inflammation is a massive one because of really improved mitochondria health that happens when you shock your body into these situations. You're stimulating your immune response when you're working with cold water shock therapy. And ultimately, if you take a two-minute plunge into a freezing cold ice tank, you're going to be as high as heaven because it is completely different than your comfort zone wants it to be. (laughs) To try it out, try it out in a safe environment with people who know what they're doing. If you're worried, please proceed with caution and work with, with those who have been trained because you can have adverse reactions if you're getting in super cold water. You can go into shock, and you don't want to be in those situations. But starting by taking cold showers every day is a great way. And just reaching out and trying to find local areas where you can do hot and cold plunges at the spas. Where you can find someone who's holding something like Ice Church, like Justin in the Boulder area. And you can see how this can benefit you. I know Wim Hof does events all the time too, so you can go learn about it through him. So check that stuff out. Next one, inverting your body. Or body inversion. So whether laying on your back or or throwing your feet up on the wall for 10 minutes or, or doing a crazy ninja headstand with your robust muscles, you know, your Arnold muscles, inverting the body is a great method for moving around energy. Basically, when you invert yourself in any method, you're increasing your blood flow and heating your body. When more blood flows to reach your brain, the result can be invigorating. Your energy and your mental stamina are going to shoot to the motherfucking moon. You also open up your perception to a completely different view of the world, which can blast open creative pathways. You know, I can't walk on my hands or do any of that fancy stuff yet, although I try to get into handstands and things on my own. But I can start by generally throwing my legs up on the wall or using my feet up inversion stand, which I love. This stand I'm going to link in the blog post as well, which is at heatharmstrung.com forward slash get high. 
I've spent a lot of time on that invert stand. And I've spent a lot of time on those hanging table things too, which feel great for the spine. But I have no idea where to find those beasts. And ultimately, they kind of hurt your ankles when you're holding on them because it is sort of holding all of your weight by your feet, your ankles. It can feel really tight and uncomfortable. I really prefer the inversion stands from feet up where you're balancing on your shoulders. And it actually teaches you to balance as well. But no matter the method, 10 minutes a day inverting your body and getting your blood flowing in the other direction and flowing blood to the brain and opening up those new creative pathways, it's going to keep all the resistance and fear and procrastination gremlins at bay. It's going to help your inflammation. It's going to help your balance. It's going to give you a different perspective, and it's going to alter your state of consciousness while you're upside down because you're viewing things in a completely different way than you normally would. It's a nice little high, and you could do it whenever you want. So check those out. And moving into rolling categories that you might be very familiar with. We don't have to spend a lot of time on these, but they are they are really, really real. Now let's talk about yoga and let's talk about physical exercise. Yoga is an obvious one. So is physical exercise. But there are certain points that need to be made. You know, yoga is basically the practice of aligning your body with your mind through a series of exercises or stretches or postures or asanas or mantras. There's a lot of different ways that you can do, quote unquote, yoga. You know, your body is your spaceship. It carries your sacred soul on this planet through space. Creating a yoga practice will help deepen the connectivity between your mind, your body, your soul, your chakras, everything. Even in its most basic form, yoga could be something like slow, deep stretching. And that can drastically help reduce body tension and stress and inflammation. When you feel good and you feel aligned, your energetic and creative blockages, they disappear. Plus, everybody around wants to see you in those tight pants to show all those creases of those sexy private party parts and butt sweat lines that you have. We all want to see it. We all want it sitting on our faces. Yeah. (laughs) Do some yoga. Wear the tight pants. Make the world a better place. And physical exercise. Physical exercise. So alongside yoga, endurance and blood flow of any type is beneficial to health and creative flow and expanding your consciousness and bringing yourself into altered states of highs. It's so beneficial that your resistance gremlins will do everything they can to try to stop you from partaking in things like yoga and physical exercise. Why do you have so much resistance to these things? It's because they're so important in opening up your channels. Resistance knows this and it wants to stop you from doing it first because it knows that when you get your blood flowing and when you fucking exercise and when you're doing yoga, you're going to be on top of your game. And then you're going to be getting shit done on your to-do list. You're going to be creative. You're going to have come up with new ideas. You're going to be writing. You're going to be painting. You're going to be outraging through the forest naked like a lunatic. Resistance doesn't want you to do that. It wants you to sit inside your house and think that you don't have enough energy to exercise. You don't feel good enough to exercise. 
Maybe you'll do it tomorrow. Maybe you'll do it the next day until that domino gets to the end of your life and you haven't done it at all. And therefore, you haven't ever opened up your creative pathways and you haven't ever become one with your visions and your goals and your dreams. Look, nobody can deny the glorious feelings and lowered stress levels that arrive during and after physical activity. But we all make it so complicated for ourselves. Everyone is different. But you got to find what types of movement you love and create a habit for kicking your laziness in the jugular while you do cartwheels across the fucking field. And you know what? Maybe you don't like, maybe you don't, maybe doing cartwheels isn't your thing. But there are so many other things that are ideas, right? That you can use. Go on a fucking walk outside to start. Just walk outside and everything that you look at, say thank you or I love you to it. Go trail running, ride your bike, have sex, do Pilates, do yoga, play some sports, go rock climbing, have more sex, do some mountaineering, do some backpacking, sit down and do some deep stretching, bang some more, go do some weightlifting, do some bodyweight exercises, go kayaking on the river, have sex on the kayak on the river, go paddleboarding, go stair climbing. Surfing, swimming, snowboarding, more sex, squats, lunges, tossing frisbees, sprints, more sex. There's so many different avenues. But what's important is that you do something you love it and you enjoy. There are enough exercises in the world for everyone to find something that they love enough to do. Make the decision to do it. It'll also help, really, if you track your progress and you keep momentum going and stay accountable. For me, I do something a little different every day. I have what they call ADD. Whatever that means, right? I think it just means being creative. But my intention isn't great in one place over and over again. I like to explore and experience new things. That's how I stay happy. So I do something a little different. My habit tracker literally just shows sweat. And I do whatever I can that feels the most exciting that day to sweat whether that be biking or pounding weights or rock climbing or rocking out a sweet jazzercise class with your grandma. Who knows? I'll see you there, though. And you better show up and you better have a smile on your face. Let's do this shit. Yeah. Acupuncture. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Acupuncture. Well, according to my... Angelic acupuncturist, Danielle Lombardi. Traditional Chinese medicine is a complete holistic medical system that has been practiced for more than 5,000 years. Acupuncture is one of the five branches of this medicine, in addition to Chinese herbal therapy, nutrition, meditation, and massage. So acupuncture reduces pain and helps restore balance by promoting the body's natural healing process. When the practitioner inserts sterile hair fine needles for those of you who are scared of needles like me at specific points on the body to treat a variety of conditions each person can experience a different type of euphoria and because each person is a unique individual the practitioner bases diagnosis and treatment on that person's specific presentation So I can personally attest that I've entered some of the most intense trance-like states during acupuncture sessions ever. Obviously, if you get a copy of the book that I'm working on, 
I go into a whole explanation of, of how I was able to start opening up this eye that I really hadn't been opening my whole life. To drop into these serene relaxations that I really haven't been dropping into my whole life. You know, I zonk out hard and have visions as my body is rebalancing and detoxifying. And I really do think it's important to find the right acupuncturist to work with. Perhaps those who have studied traditional Chinese medicine and not the ones that come through the Western uh, society that, that really just, you know, sit in this recliner, I'll put a couple points in your arm and you're on your way. I've had to weed through a lot of shit in the chiropractic and acupuncture fields to find the right fits, but it's magic when you do. And my acupuncturist, Danielle, sometimes combines acupuncture with cupping and gua sha therapy and tuning forks and even sound therapy. Sometimes she even puts her Tibetan singing bowls on my back and it's pure magic as I'm in an acupuncture trance. So I cannot explain how amazing these practices are for expanding consciousness and getting high in alternate ways that you're not used to. All of these things that we've talked about so far, every one of them, just dripping them in and out of your life is going to drastically help you open up your creative pathways and find happiness and become into alignment with the frequency that you need to be to find that partner that you've been looking for forever. To get that opportunity to meet you that you've been trying to find your whole life, something that really drives your passion and your creativity. The last one I want to talk about today because it goes off the back of acupuncture and then we'll we'll go to part three for the rest of these, is gua sha and cupping, massage, and fascia therapy. Now, while you have organs that work to remove toxins from your body and your blood, all of these techniques like acupuncture that are used are to help stimulate those organs to work to remove these toxins from your body and your blood. And each one of them have different points and different ways to get to them and get them working better. Wisha and cupping are also parts of these ancient Chinese medicine practices. Your fascia, or the band of connective tissue beneath your skin, it is basically massaged through these various methods to help focus and move blood flow around to help flush out those built-up toxins that are throughout your lymphatic system. Gua sha is, is generally done with a, a round edge scraping tool, kind of like a, it could be a jade stone or some sort of stone. And it's kind of this practice of, of scraping towards your heart center, scraping the fascia tissue and allowing this, this flush to come up and out of your body through your skin. Cupping usually involves glass cups that apply a negative pressure to create suctions on certain areas of the skin, which then really release um, an increase in blood flow to that particular area. And consequently, because of this, muscle tension and inflammation are believed to be reduced. And I know in my case, it's no question how much better I feel when I go through gua and cupping practices. Those in combination with acupuncture, it's out of this fucking world. Every time I get the chance to sneak in for any type of acupuncture or fascia work, I feel like it's the greatest gift to myself in life. Not only do these practices help me reduce stress and release toxins, 
but they help stimulate flow to my chi. It's the free flow of vital energy throughout the body and the world. If, if, if your chi is disrupted, it can become stagnant and create physical and emotional blocks in your body that then result in inflammation or disease or stress. All the scary stuff. So for ultimate health, creativity, and highs, allowing your chi to flow is critical. So go see someone and start doing gua sha. Do some cupping. Do some massage. Do some fascia therapy. Get into some acupuncture. Get out and fucking exercise that sexy-ass booty. Do some deep stretching. Do some yoga. Align your mind, your body, and your soul. Invert your body. Go take a cold plunge. Get naked and run around naked in public where it's legal. Get on your hands and knees and fucking howl like a wolf to the moon. Go masturbate to yourself in the mirror. All of these things, all of these beautiful practices are going to help you reach new highs, which will expand your creativity and your consciousness, which will allow more opportunity to flow in, more abundance to flow in, more networking to flow in. And you'll start to connect the dots to the motherfucking stars. Yes. Thank you for listening to part two of this series, How to Get High Without Using Drugs. Part three is also available. And we're going to start with talking about flow state on that episode, which is something that is really, really important in life as well. All the show notes and all of these listed in blog format at heatharmstrong.com forward slash get high. Share this with all of your family, your friends, your lovers, your enemies. We have to help everybody. And this is the kind of information that helps. Um, again, this podcast brought to you by the Sweet Ass Affirmations deck, which you can get at ragecreate.com forward slash Amazon. And that'll take you to the Amazon listing. And I think that's about it for today. Love you all. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. See you on part three. Peace. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. What are you stinky little, kinky little, rinky little, dinky little boys and girls doing out there today? Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is Todd. I'm Heath's personal assistant. I like to keep it really fancy around here. Fabulous in all the different ways. Of course, I'm always juggling every color of the Skittles rainbow. I like them all in and around my mouth. I like them all in and around my belly button. 
You know, I'd like to share these rainbows with you if you're open for that kind of stinky little, kinky little, rinky little, dinky little stuff. So for all the show notes, please visit HeathArmstrong.com forward slash podcast. Of course, this blog in particular can be viewed at HeathArmstrong.com forward slash get high. And all the links are below as well on whatever podcasting kinky little app that you're using. And until part three, ta-ta!